0: You know what, Bill de Blasio, unless you, unless we hear from you come on the show, you coward and, and let us know, are we right? Do you, are you a serial groundhog killer?
2: How many, how many groundhogs are there?
0: How many are there under your bed? (laughs) Well, that probably would. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to useful idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Katie Halper.
2: And I'm Matt Taibbi,
0: also a host.
2: Right, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot uh, that we're going to be doing this week. We have a great show. We have Dr. Cornell West, who's amazing.
0: Yeah. Right. Great guy. And great guest. Z- great person. Return.
2: He was one of our better interviews, I think, in the last year or so. And uh, so it's going to be going to be a really interesting conversation. He's been in the middle of a lot of a lot of interesting stuff lately. So we're going to ask him all. And uh, we got to get a lot of a lot of news to get to. Should we just get to it.
0: Yeah. Let's just get to it. Yeah.
2: All right, so four food groups. Democrats suck. Republicans suck. Isn't that weird? Isn't that terrible? So Democrats suck. I was really torn between a couple of things. On the one hand, the news that the Biden administration is trying is hoping to allocate eighty billion more dollars to the IRS uh, in order to uh, significantly jack up the number of audits. Deeply annoying for a number of reasons. That the IRS's budget is, well, I think, only about twelve billion dollars a year. So they, what they're really trying to do is compensate for the fact that they don't collect tax at all on companies like Bank of America or Facebook or, or Google, not to any significant degree, they're going to make up for that by adding staff to do audits on people basically, which is annoying, but we have to see how that plays out. I don't know that, that, that felt they haven't done it yet. So we have, I think we have to wait till that moment. On the other hand, this other thing I think is kind of more down up our alley. They're replicating the Bernie bro with the Yang gang. It's become a significant feature of coverage of Yang. And for those who aren't familiar, and we, we, we've talked about this many times in the show, but the, the, with the Sanders campaign at various junctures, a lot of sort of democratic strategists and pe- people who are involved in messaging for the various campaigns, they played up this idea that the Sanders followers were threatening, violent, aggressive, racist, whatever.
0: Misogynist, uh, misogynist
2: yeah. Misogynist, and this became an issue that, that Bernie had to respond to in the campaign constantly right me- and meanwhile you know in a corresponding lack of of attention you know there, there were almost exactly similar w- I would even say worse situations with yeah. other candidates because right. they were there were paid trolls
0: right we uh, were and- all all the Bernie people I know trust me we were doing it as the love of our goodness right, yeah, of yeah, our, yeah. our hearts yeah all the that- kindness of our hearts yeah
2: all that racist and xenophobic abuse that you were piling on people you did that for free
0: yeah yeah but
2: there were there were paid trolls for other candidates other yeah and and the which
0: we will you know right we spoke about
2: so now they're now they're doing this again with yang and it's it's coming from a couple of places it's coming from uh some of his other uh opponents democratic opponents for mayor yeah and then it's all for mayor of new york city uh, but then it's also, it, there are just lots and lots of stories that are being pitched to major news outlets about this. And I just want to look at a couple of them because they're, they're just so annoying. The New York Times, Andrew Yang looking for endorsement, offends Gay Democratic Club. Right. Uh, participants described Mr. Yang's remarks as offensive, saying that even as members of the club wanted to discuss polit- policy issues, he mentioned gay bars. And then if we can just go down and read a little bit of the piece. Andrew Yang, the former presidential candidate and leading contender for mayor of New York City, Met with a prominent LGBT Democratic political organization on Wednesday to seek its endorsement. It did not go particularly well. Uh, In an interview with the Stonewall Democratic Club of New York City, Mr. Yang cited gay members of his staff as apparent evidence of his openness to the club's concerns and expressed enthusiasm about the prospect of visiting the Cubby Hole, a storied New York lesbian bar, participants said... Uh, He proactively talked about resurrecting the city's pride march, but failed to pay sufficient heed to more substantive issues they were actually concerned about, including homelessness and affordable housing. Uh, According to limited public polling as well as private polling, Mr. Yang has surged to the front of the mayoral pack, fueled by his name recognition and celebrity status, as well as his cheery demeanor and optimistic discussion of the city's future. Uh, But in the past, he has struggled with issues of tone. His presidential campaign has been trailed by allegations of a bro culture. In one of his own books, he admits to having named his pectoral muscles Lex and Rex. Then there's another thing about how a a woman now running for Manhattan Borough President has claimed that Mr. Yang has discriminated her on the basis of gender, allegations that he has consistently denied. So hard to know what to make of that.
0: It's kind of weird they don't name the woman. It's right. like she's anonymous or something, but I assume that I don't know. Do they link to who it actually yes. is?
2: Yes, uh, I forget what her name is. You, uh, you can open the link and It's see weird, it.
0: right? Isn't that kind mm-hmm. of weird?
2: Well, I understand why they why you do that for for a press organization. Anytime you can avoid naming oh. somebody in any in any situation where somebody might be upset about something legally, okay. you just uh,
0: don't use okay. the name. Okay, weird, but they do link to it, and I still can't. They see link who to wrote it. it. Kimberly Watkins. All right. I was oh, yes, Indian's right, yeah. Kimberly first Rogers, yeah. Freedom Dividend recipient when he fired me, okay. The club, I'm just going to read a little bit more. The club is arguably the leading LGBTQ club, Oh, sorry, LGBT club in New York City. According to Christine Quinn, New York City's first openly gay city council speaker, its members, she said, are politically sophisticated. Yet Mr. Yang's appearance struck those members as pandering and tone deaf, according to interviews, a video and a copy of the comments unfolded during the virtual meeting. Well, I just got to say, Christine Quinn is one to talk because she slammed Cynthia Nixon as a a, a redhead lesbian, as if she had the, oh, right as if she had the um, monopoly on that. She also used to be really cool, Christine Quinn. She was like with uh, Act Up, you know, the kind of radical gay rights. Uh, AIDS awareness group, mm. uh Larry Kramer was part of, and now and then she totally sold out it's totally boring and defended um Bloomberg during a a, sp- a yeah. press conference, actually. A press conference, yeah. She refused to speak because someone called Bloomberg Pharaoh. Oh my god.
2: So that's a, that's a little bit hypocritical then, is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, she should applaud that because it's I just realized it's anti anti Semitic because you're calling a Jewish guy Pharaoh. They right. weren't Jews. So right. shout out to the people who said that. Yeah, shout out to the Bloomberg critics.
2: The, those there's too many of those folks. Yeah, Bloomberg. Bloomberg needs to be insulated from criticism. He doesn't have a platform that he can use to defend. Right. It. Yeah. Then there's a daily news story that just came out. Uh, New York City mayoral candidate Yang and his loyal gang under fire for attacking foes online. And then it says, of all the mayoral candidates, Andrew Andrew Yang is the only one with a legitimate claim to having his own gang. And while that has advantages, it also it has also cast Yang in a harsh light at sign at times. I hate this way of uh, doing a, a news story because what you're sing- essentially saying is it's a story that someone has yeah. said something about somebody. Right? You're making it like he's guilty of something because somebody said something. W- using that kind of passive voice, it has cast yeah sort of like removes the idea that you're actually part of this by calling attention to it anyway Right. yeah uh,
0: it, it has cast yeah
2: yeah you know it's like raised allegations right. or you know you know uh, highlights concerns like that that kinds of thing it's 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 a totally fictional way of just sort of creating a news story out of nothing
0: yeah uh, and it all fits then all you do is it just fits into that narrative like mm-hmm. once you establish it every other every story and an isolated event is then plugged into this trend and larger narrative yeah
2: which you created or right. or which somebody like you yeah. created. Right? Not me.
0: Not like me. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Although exactly. the
0: Yang Gang, we did get him on the show. In fact, Yang Gang, where are you? We pressured you. Well, I did. I tweeted at the Yang Gang and I said, if Andrew Yang didn't come on the show, they were a bunch of powerless something. Did you use a slur? I didn't use a slur, although I should have, because apparently that's what they respond to. But we put the pressure on. I think I threatened to do something with circumcision because he's a big anti-circumcision guy. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He which, threatened
2: to, to take the rest he's what you th- said <laughs> you threatened to take the rest i said oh,
0: take the rest yeah, yeah. <laughs> one step yeah that's just that's just one a preview a yeah <laughs> but uh they did come through but they haven't come through this time have you right. have you made any any pro-
2: i I, ping, I pinged him a couple of weeks ago and he he seemed into it but he, but nothing has materialized well, so we're trying um, we're trying again. we're trying
0: we're giving you two weeks andrew yeah, and yang exactly. Gang.
2: and then and then we're gonna commence with the all with of, the we're, yeah
0: we're gonna go Yang gang on, homophobic on xenophobic yang, yeah.
2: everything. We're gonna though.
0: we're gonna rename his pecs.
2: Right? Yeah, not Lex not and Rex. That, Lex and Rex. Yeah.
0: It'll be more Dro- like Dro- Droopy and yeah, <laughs> Droopy and <laughs> Harry and Droopy. Harry and Droopy. Yeah, that's really good.
2: <laughs> Saggy and furry. No, yeah.
0: Fur- oh, but furry's kind of cute. Although no, Furry not pecs? on a guy's. No, pecs. not on. Yeah. yeah, on a gorilla's text, maybe. Yeah, it is like again. Let's have a waiting. Would love to have a story, and this is why our interview with Matt or Fola is so important. But would love to have a story where anyone talks about the Kamala people threatening people, saying we're going to go through some things. They said about you. They said about me. They said about Marianne Williamson. And I just want people to know they did not. Well, whatever. This is a we'll talk about later when we talk about why we separated from Rolling Stone, which we we've neglected that story. And people are still people still need to know the truth.
2: They're hungering for it. They're think?
0: hungering for it. Yeah. We'll get okay. to that later on. We'll get to that in the in the paid subsec only part. But um, Wilson, I put a. Can we just play this short video because we're talking about gaffes again? Like the fact that Kamala Harris's moments when she's making fun of parents, uh, making fun of like social justice. Talking about locking up parents and laughing at it, no, no criticism, right? And likewise, no criticism of Biden over this. Like, I can't believe this wasn't a story. Speaking about LGBTQ uh, pandering and gaffes, this is from October 2019, at LGBTQ town hall.
1: We talked about this in in, in San Francisco. It's all about, well, you know, gay 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 bathhouses and everything It's all about round the clock sex. It's all. Come on, man. <laughs>
0: Amazing moment. Yeah. I
2: love how he, how he crowds Anderson with that. It's I know. It's so funny. Yeah.
0: It's, anyway, so yeah. That's, that's a, that's, I miss things that's like that. That's a whole
2: pile of cringe right there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Pile of cringe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Biden's difficult because he, he he routinely goes way over the line in terms yeah. of stuff like that. Like, it is. there's no id really there at all anymore with him he, he doesn't clamp down in any of that stuff right but what they're trying to what they're trying to do with yang and to a lesser extent with bernie it's the same thing they're, they're basically saying oh because he nurtures a certain kind of atmosphere around his campaign right. he's responsible for every lunatic uh who says anything that's an impossible standard for any any candidate to meet and it's also if you're going to do this selectively you can do it to anybody yeah you
0: can't do that's the thing that's why it's so taken out of context i mean that's the thing if you make it selective it's just totally dishonest it's like people like breaking news people on internet are assholes
2: yeah they suck right yeah like
0: the the real story honestly that is there is that that's become the story and a narrative while only when it fits uh, what only when it's politically convenient I mean, that's the only story that should be written about it. Yeah. As, you know, I, sometimes I talk about that with Near Tanden. It's been too long. <laughs> right.
2: yeah. We haven't had Neera Tanden uh, I know. A comment, com- commentary on this show for a while. Yeah. yeah, And the, the, the last thing about this that I think is worth pointing out is that historically, the, the New York mayor has always had kind of a sense of humor. Like that, that's a job that is where there's always been this kind of off color relationship between the mayor and reporters and the and the press and uh you know people like Ed Koch they were they were pretty funny you know like the it, it's it's part of the character of that job and to have a situation where you, a politician is now going to have to think about not only everything that he says but everything that his followers yeah. or you know his or her followers are going to say
0: and alleged followers too And alleged followers
2: thing, yeah. like it, it's it just takes an angle out of politics that's going to be it's going to make it it's going to dehumanize it even more and uh and make make the whole process even more phony than it is I think
0: yeah although I don't know was Dinkins funny
2: was he was it, not funny he no. wasn't he was yeah. sweet he was sweet
0: nice he liked eyes. tennis those were like like tennis yeah of,
2: yeah like he didn't have a whole lot going on other than that yeah, yeah. Rudy wasn't that funny either I have not to say. not
0: intentionally funny
2: not intentionally funny
0: and de Blasio wasn't he isn't either uh, he tries to be
2: he tries to be he's a ham
0: he's a ham but he's like a failed ham he's that's a failed that's ham. what's so sad about it
2: he killed a, gr- a groundhog
0: i can't i'll never forgive him for that yeah that is like why that didn't should that be a disqualifying that offense. should be I, he should have been able to run for president but i will right. i'll never forget i think i mentioned it on the last show i i really do commend him for for using a che Guevara show uh quote at the at a dn at a a debate in Miami did he do that yeah I think he had no idea yeah
2: in, in Miami especially that's yeah. really funny yeah <laughs> way, way to do be politically astute there
0: yeah seriously
2: uh, yeah no he should have had to carry that dead groundhog on uh, with him yeah through, you're right throughout the uh, throughout the presidential run
0: yeah he really should have or at yeah. least dedicated some a plaque to him
2: right yeah yeah or tattooed it on his neck
0: oh yeah something. yeah yeah an R.I.P.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or pour. he should have poured out a little malt liquor for his, yeah. his dead groundhog every, at every episode, uh, every uh speech. Um, episode, right. no,
0: he should have made a show. Right. Yeah, the ground, I killed a groundhog. Like, well, yeah, just groundhog awareness, basically. Right. You know, he really should have paid, like, educational reparations. Like, he should have used his power to spotlight the plight of groundhogs. Right. Although he probably, that's a... I don't know if they suffer on a systemic level from mayoral dropping. Probably not. But God, that's so inexcusable. Well, we only
2: know about the one.
0: Yeah, it's true. They're usually covered up, probably.
2: Right? He could have been going to every zoo in the tri state area and just just (laughs) a trail of groundhogs. Yeah. Just, you know, the footprints just lead back to Gracie Mansion. The paw prints. Yeah. Right.
0: You know what, Bill de Blasio, unless you unless we hear from you, come on the show, you coward and and let us know. Are we right? Do you are you a serial groundhog killer?
2: How many how many groundhogs are there?
0: How many are there under your bed? (laughs) Well, that probably would (laughs) come on. We need a reporter to pick this up and ask him. Some have said there are groundhog corpses under your bed.
2: Concerns have been raised.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. poor ground dogs.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to that. We'll figure, we'll we'll figure, that, yeah. we'll figure that out. Okay. Yeah. What do we have for Republicans suck?
0: So for Republicans suck, we have a story about Mike Pence, who, by the mm. way, is writing a book, which I'm very excited about. Um, but this is.
2: <laughs> I bet it's going be to be a real cracker.
0: Yeah. Book. It will yeah. be. I bet it'll be really funny unintentionally. But um, there's a report. So reading at Huffington Post, it turns out. That uh, Mike Pence's COVID rule-busting Val vacation cost public seven hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars in security costs alone. Pence hit the slopes at his own as his own task force urged strict precautions amid historic highs in coronavirus cases, and the CDC told people to stay home. We now this was I guess this was last year that he went to to Vail for skiing, but uh, according to a report from uh, uh, very good organization, citizen, Watchdog Organization, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. Crew. Crew, yeah. We now know he showed up with uh, at least 48 agents, and they stayed at different hotels in the area, rented 77 cars. Uh, charges included more than $270,000 at the Marriott Vale Mountain and more than 80000 at the Ritz-Carlton who reported.
2: Is it like little mini whiskey bottles or? Yeah, or, I don't know. Or is he watching porn at night? What's going on? I don't on? know,
0: Christian porn. <laughs>
2: That's yeah. a great genre, by the way. Yeah,
0: I yeah. imagine it, will, yeah. So it's, it's that, it's the fact that there was COVID, that they didn't take precautions. And of course, we know that hundreds of Secret Service officers were either infected with COVID or had to quarantine after potential exposure last year as Donald Trump continued to travel and hold campaign events during the pandemic. I still can't believe, by the way, that he got COVID. And then he took a tour in his presidential car with Secret Service agents. Hmm. The hail supporters outside Walter Reed Hospital. I don't yeah, know why. Why? Yeah. Seven hundred seven hundred fifty seven thousand. Yeah. Again, I mean, I would love I would love to know what what they spend it on.
2: I, I should I should say that I'm in general not a fan of these stories. Because yeah. they, they, it's a it's a it's a cliche. Everybody does this right. So every politician gets an office. And then what? Always, what inevitably happens is that somebody looks up the the filings for how much yeah so and so spent on whatever it could be anything. It could be like how much they spent on uh, a dress for the inauguration. Yeah. It could be like and and uh, it's imp- it's impossible. It's almost impossible for politicians to come out not looking bad after these. Uh, and and I think I remember Obama the number was something like 96 million dollars that he spent for vacations over 8 years which sounded like a big number but i don't i don't think it really was when you took everything into consideration however the trump era seems seems like they broke the mold in terms of spending on this like the the amount of money that they spent on vacations trump did just just flew by all the previous numbers it's tough right like to politicians do have to take vacations and it's always going to cost a lot because they have all the staff that's following them around that probably has something to do with them something not but
0: i think in this case it really is like god how many cards do they need though i'm looking at the report a lot of like i, I think that in this case it's also because of the covid stuff that makes it like particularly problematic
2: what i what i always want to know about that though is how much of that is protocol and how much of that is the the politician asking for x y and z right so like if if barack obama goes to camp david does he automatically have to bring 100 oh people i see him? what you're saying right you what i'm saying like yeah I, that's what i don't that's the unknown thing How
0: many, oh, wait can you matt you're a hardened seasoned why do those things both sound aegis but reporter if you could just cast your hardened season reporter eyes over it, <laughs> what the hell? I don't understand. It's like, it's so many cars and then it is like, you can't even get into them. There's so many into the numbers, but then lodging, like why is it so expensive? Domestic and Denver field 33,000 Doubletree Vale Doubletree. Is that expensive? I guess they have like, this is, it's like a clown car of a hotel, I guess. Right. It's like a lot. I don't know.
2: Well, but that, that's, the, the question, though, is always how much different is that from what's gone on in the past? Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know
0: what? Maybe it's not too bad. You know, I wish you know what? This is a be- Republican suck because he didn't spend more money.
2: <laughs> right. He should have spent more.
0: Yeah. Go big or go home.
2: <laughs> it's tough. I, I know. I know like a judicial watch made a huge stink about Obama's vacations. Right. And it was it was one of those, it was like a very viral issue for for right-wingers through the yeah. entire eight-year reign. And then, but then Trump, Trump spent an ungodly amount of money on his vacations too. A million dollars for, it's, it's basically a million dollars for Pence for this one trip, right? Yeah. I, I definitely don't think he needs, how many agents did he have with him?
0: 77.
2: Maybe he was worried about falling while he's skiing?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what it was? He can't meet alone with his wife wait no what is it he can't meet with women unless his wife is present
2: so he needs them to run interference for him so so yes I
0: don't know actually that doesn't really make sense right uh let's see he needs I think he has one one okay basically he had one female secret service person and because of that he needed a lot of men Mm -hmm. does that make sense no that doesn't make sense actually yeah why not just not
2: have a a female secret service person
0: yeah so that if you're listening I think it's
2: I think the onus is now the the onus the simple onus on us is to um (laughs) is to to do a deep dive so to speak into into how relatively bad or or not this is yes yeah let us know what you think to previous vice presidents yeah
0: so useful idiots fans make yourself even more useful and tell us what you think you know, a gut check. That track seems is like fun. way too
2: many agents for 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 to for, for, yes. for Mike Pence to go see. That's
0: that's my hot take. Too many agents.
2: How much attention did Mike Pence really get from threats? I would imagine oh. there would have been. I would have been. There would have been like a line of people to go after Trump. But like, but yeah. Pence, well,
0: they didn't they do that at uh at January 6th?
2: Did, oh, they went after went after Pence. You mean?
0: Yeah, they were mad at him. They wanted to. They did right. They... Oh,
2: that was because of the whole. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't go for the whole stop the steal because
0: thing. Because he was a cat. Because he was a coward.
2: Yeah, he was a. He was a hidden dem. Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to peel the the facade off. He was actually Nancy Pelosi underneath. Yeah,
0: there. yeah, he was. Yeah, that's why they couldn't find her.
2: Because she was hiding in her Pence suit Yeah.
0: <laughs> in fact, have we ever? Okay, I was going to say, have we ever seen them in the same place at the same time? Yes, during every State of the Union, but it could be trick photography you can edit that in really easily yes is mike pence nancy Nancy pelosi Pelosi. well i think mike pence okay the the truth is i mean we're being ridiculous and over the top but what really is the reality is that. well hold hold on mike Mm -hmm. pence is nancy pelosi in a mike pence suit but what people don't know and this is the part it's going to be hard for people to believe but it's true and documented by by many including us on this show is that the n that who we thought was Nancy Pelosi was actually someone in a Nancy Pelosi suit and that someone was Matt, I'll let you deliver the news.
2: Philo Castro. That that would be a pretty funny trick <laughs> Castro to put.
0: I mean pull it's coins isn't it interesting that he died, apparently, allegedly. The right. guy lived why then? I mean he was living for so long for so long. It doesn't make sense that he died at all.
2: Right. This was just his latest role. He, you know, it was all those years he spent in Juilliard training. Yeah. Training for the role of a lifetime, which was his fake death and then I mean, re- look, reincarnation I'm actually, as, Nancy as Nancy
0: Pelosi. I'm actually really, I stand by what I'm saying. The guy survived how many attacks, attempts at his life? I just don't buy it. It's just too coincidental. You don't buy that he died. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's in a Pelosi suit.
2: There's also the possibility I never bought that Andy Kaufman really died. So maybe Andy Kaufman was. Yeah. Was Castro. And oh, Castro yeah. was, him, was Nancy Pelosi.
0: Yeah. And Mike right? Pence, obviously.
2: And Mike Pence.
0: Yeah. Was, it's like a Matryoshka
2: is, doll. It's yeah. Mike Pence is actually Nancy Pelosi. Is Fidel Castro is Andy is Kaufman. Is Andy Kaufman, yeah. And then who's in the middle? Putin?
0: Uh Lee Camp. Fifth doll. Lee Camp. Lee Camp. <laughs> That's a reference to uh, uh we were accused of being Russian agents and it was the order somehow was like me, Matt, Aaron Mate, Putin, Lee Camp. Like right. Lee Camp was actually above Putin. Yes, yeah,
2: it was above Putin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, what's next? Isn't that weird? Yeah. This is a, I guess it's more of a, isn't that terrible? But we cross these lines all the time. Don't all we? the time, yeah. Yeah, this is the, a human interest story that was all over the I didn't internet. even see
0: it. You didn't see this? Mm-mm. Maybe I blocked it out.
2: Here, here's the headline. Here's from People Magazine, Matt, if you can open it up. 29-year-old woman dies after a man jumps from building and lands on her one week before her birthday. 29-year-old San Diego woman was killed in a freak accident after a man who fell from a nine-story uh, parking deck landed on top of her, authorities said. Taylor Kale mm-hmm. was was uh, walking with a friend on 10th Avenue and J Street on Sunday night when the man fell from, from the structure and onto her as she walked onto the sidewalk below, oh my God. The San Diego County Medical Medical Examiner's Office said in a press release. The man, who has not been identified... But is thought to have been in his 20s or 30s has been seen quote, hanging uh, from the outside railing of the deck before the accident. He died at a local hospital less than an hour later, and his death was was ruled a suicide. Officials said Kale was pronounced dead at the scene, according to the medical examiner's office. And then
0: what he talks an about asshole. how she
2: was in yeah exactly right. So then, like in order to sell the horribleness of the story, the the people writer and this then they did this like all the all the stories about this. Um, they just went into how unlucky anyway we'll just read uh mcfarlane told cbs uh cw affiliate kfmb that kale had spent the day on a second date with a man she'd met online and that they'd been to the zoo and had dinner together quote i just want people to know that she's an incredible person mcfarlane said the tragedy does not define her kale was the proud owner of two rescue dogs rue and stella and was exceptionally close to her father with whom she'd spent the last year due due to covid according to the facebook post so like it's bad enough that man jumps off building, man who trying trying to kill himself jumps off building and hits somebody else and kills that person. Uh, but additionally, it was a week before her birthday and she had two rescue dogs
0: and was going on a date with
2: someone. and was
1: going on a date that was wor- like that was working out.
0: That is like no, this is really sad actually. She always referred to me as her. They
1: include in the article that the date went really well. To make Did it they worse.
0: say that?
2: Kinda, of, yeah, no. They, they says, yeah, yeah, she had been on a second date with a man she would met online. So that, what they're telling you is that it was going well enough that she, there was a second date. So. Well,
0: at least he doesn't have to worry if he was waiting for her in a bar and he felt dissed. Now it's he not knows that she stood him it's up. Not it, her. It,
2: it, it's because somebody, some a person committing suicide, had landed on her. Yeah. Like, likely story, I know. right? <laughs> <So> <laughs> you, get the, you get the text afterwards.
0: That's going to give you a lot of... Just tell me you don't
2: like me. You don't have to give me a Yeah, you don't have to
0: like... I can't believe this is... I guess it is weird. Isn't that weird? Whether the odds of a guy jumping off of a building, landing on someone else. That That is a murder... That is a suicide homicide.
2: Yeah, no, I think there, there's I think there's a long literature of people killing themselves who kill other people in the process, like people who or, or they do things like they they jump in front of a train. Yeah, and exactly. They basically ru- ruin the life of the person right. who was driving the train. Oh,
0: yeah, that's you know, awful. Forever. Or on a bus. If you're on if people are on a bus, you get a lot of people see it.
2: Right. Um, what's the proper way to go? What's, what's the what's the least hurtful way to, to do? it? I don't
0: know, but something that involves I mean, honestly, you have to be I think you have to all your family has to be dead. That's right. the kind way to do it. Right. be a hermit
2: be a hermit which
0: reminds me of my which necrophilia is your, yeah, right. that, that way <laughs>
2: that way it's okay for someone to have sex with you after you're dead
0: yeah that too be a hermit donate your body to necrophilia necrophile okay. necrophilia so you should leave your word? body
2: you should leave your body in, in in condition to be yeah to be interfered with you have afterwards. to leave it
0: well yeah you have to also leave a, a note send it, send a text or email so people know before that they only have a couple hours i don't know how long they have honestly Right. I I should know from cop shows how long the, I mean, I don't know what people, that's ridiculous to each his own. Yeah, regardless. if anybody out there knows the answer yeah. to that
2: question, how long, how long, you know, is, is it still, is a body still viable? Yeah. After? But that also rules out other kinds of, like, you wouldn't want to blow yourself up with a grenade.
0: Oh, right. right? Yeah. So, because well, you gotta leave. Her, if <laughs> to all the suicidal hermits watching this out there please be responsible what about donating your organs do do people commit suicide ever do that they really should because that is like not that it would make it okay for you to land on people and kill them but the other end of the extreme of suicide you know on one end you got murder how about you do a life-saving instead
2: yeah I mean you could go and have them removed right before. before yeah (laughs)
0: i'm planning on committing suicide later today could you uh this is gonna have to have a trigger warning i feel like no or you just no. what you should do is you jump into a into a a bath of ice somehow
2: right yeah just (laughs) just walk walk around with a with a with a a, a igloo cooler yeah right yeah a bunch of ice maybe have a friend with a pen knife put
0: the ice oh that's true put the put a bath you got it here's what you got to do if you're going to jump First of all, you got to clear the way. So you got it. Right. How, how can you distract people? Put your you glasses
1: on, make sure you can see, right?
0: Yeah. Wait, why did to make sure they, oh, so they jump right, right, right. Yeah. yeah you don't, don't want to jump make, on like, anyone. And right. instead, what you want to do is right before you get a friend to help you move a bathtub into the, onto the sidewalk filled with ice.
2: So you want to jump into the bathtub yeah. full of ice? Yeah. So the, okay. That's a good idea yeah. too. There's probably some, some drugs you can take as well that would help preserve the the organs
0: oh never right? thought of that
2: look that Look that up if you're yeah do that
0: but seriously Any- it's the only way you can justify it
2: anyway whatever you're doing don't jump off a building on top yeah. of somebody who's just no. had a second date and is a week away from her birthday that is really that's so terrible yeah, it does. Yeah. that makes you a major asshole
0: yeah it does that makes you a major asshole yeah You're a murderer. Whenever I hear about stuff like this, I want to kill the person, but it's too late. They're already already
2: dead. Yeah. So there's nothing that, that you're depriving us of justice too. Yeah.
0: No, no, no vengeance. Right. Vengeance is nobody's.
2: I will not repay yeah so let's say it the lord all right well that happened that was i guess weird so i'm hoping you have more of a weird i mean yeah i will
0: have a weird one because that really was a terrible one right let's so yeah. let's flip it up this so it, it, people it, think we have a it, it, moral in all, all
2: seriousness yeah. just a quick just a yeah, quick like me- of... media crit thing
0: yeah
2: the re- what they do with those stories and, and they're horrible and we're not not making fun of Light. that yeah. woman's death in any way Yeah, ignore from what from, we
0: just said yeah from a
2: media standpoint the, re- the, the yeah. reason that they play up those like the, what they're what they're doing is they find the horrible story and then they they actually go actively hunting for the details that make right. them more depressing to people so that they can jack it up right. toward the headline um just you know full disclosure
0: yeah they'll never be like the person was really annoying had a right. habit of like uh sticking the her friends with the checks like uh, after meals you know what else could they put in there
2: right you know that d- d- didn't uh never stand up
0: for old people on the train
2: vote, voted for nader
0: well we like that but right now but most readers don't wouldn't. yeah right yeah exactly yeah.
2: that would be an interesting genre like person tra- who was tragically killed was actually not all that great yeah <laughs> kind of an asshole anyway <laughs> if it had to
0: happen to someone <laughs> which we did not want it to but
2: it was a nitpicker who always talked during movies so no, kind of yeah. sounds
0: like me actually
2: but Do you talk during movies
0: yeah kind of i mean no yes and no depends you mean in public movie theaters no no not really my grandmother did though
2: Hmm.
0: and i you ever wrote the three dollar movie theater do you remember that the three dollar movie theater Mm -hmm. it was two dollars in new york city anyway yeah, a lot of people a lot of interaction there yeah i don't i try not to talk but every now and then so i'm gonna do a weird which is a story uh, at npr So this is a weird, heartwarming story. Uh, Prancer, the haunted Victorian child dog from viral ad has been adopted. Good news, Prancer has been adopted. The two year old 13 pound Chihuahua mutt, not so charitably charitably described as a Chucky doll in a dog's body was listed for adoption this month in an unusually honest ad that charmed hundreds of thousands of people on social media. Now Prancer, the haunted Victorian child in the body of a small dog that hates men and children, found a home with ariel davis a 36 year old resident of new haven connecticut she brought prancer home last week according to his newly created instagram account. Got an instagram account yeah okay i read the article i connected to it and i was like you know what why not i'll just send because them because she email. hates men and children well i guess so right yeah,
2: I like this story so far. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So while while rescue dog ads can be notorious for euphemisms about problematic behaviors, Prancer's viral listing did not sugarcoat his uh, shortcomings, of which there are many. He hates men. He hates children. He hates dogs. He hates cats. He is nervous and fearful and poorly socialized. I've tried t- for the last several months to post this dog for adoption and make him sound palatable. The problem is he's just not. The ad read, "There's not a very big market for neurotic, man-hating, animal-hating, children-hating dogs that look like gremlins." <laughs> that is so. You're really setting him up for failure, by the way. That is a <laughs> fucked up thing to do. Also, gremlins know, it's are cute. Like, it's,
2: it's a boy named Sue type of. I thing. guess so. You know, yeah. You know, it's, you're gonna gonna, gonna make. A, is it? It's a boy dog.
0: Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The ad was I have to believe there's someone out there for Prancer because I'm tired and so is my family. Every day we live in the grips of the dem- of the demonic Chihuahua hellscape he has created in our home. If you own a Chihuahua, you probably know what I'm talking about. He's literally the Chihuahua meme that describes them as being 50 percent hate and 50 percent terrible. If you're intrigued and horrified at how this animal sounds already, just wait, there's more. Prancer came to me obese, wearing a cashmere sweater with a bacon, egg and cheese stuffed in his crate with him. I should have known in that moment this dog would be a problem. Why? He sounds happy. Why would you say that? He was owned by an elderly woman who treated him like a human and never socialized him. Sprinkle in a little genetic predisposition of being nervous and you've concocted a neurotic mess, a.k.a. prancer. His first week, he was too terrified to have a personality. What? This person sounds psychotic, by the way. As awful as it sounds, I kind of liked him better that way. He was quiet and just laid on the couch. Don't, Didn't bother anyone. I was excited to see him come out of his shell and become a real dog. I'm convinced at this point he is not a real dog, but more like a vessel for a traumatized Victorian child that now haunts our home
2: so now now okay now we've got like a body transfer joke going on yeah right instead of instead of nancy pelosi inside pence we've got a victorian traumatized victorian child inside a chihuahua
0: yes But he does have good traits. Ready? So what are his good traits? He is loyal beyond belief, although to tell you a secret, his complex is really just a facade for his fear. If someone tried to kill you, I can guarantee he would run away screeching. But as far as companionship, you will never be alone again. He likes to go for car rides. He is housebroken. He knows a few basic commands. He is quiet and non-destructive when left alone at home. And even though we call him baloney face, he is kind of cute to look at. He also smiles when he's excited. His ideal home would be with a single woman, a mother and daughter, or a lesbian couple. You can't live in an apartment or a condo unless you want him to ankle bite your neighbors. We already addressed the menu and children situation. If you have people over, he would have to be put away like a vacuum. I know finding someone who wants a Chucky doll and dog's body is hard, but I have to try.
2: I guess it's, look, it's a... An uplifting story about salesmanship right so yeah i he, guess so yeah he, he try to lie about the thing just go the other direction just tell tell the br- the brutal, brutal honesty yeah brutal honesty and that might actually work
0: and apparently he was adopted by a lesbian <laughs> the tweet from npr was good news prancer the 13 pound <laughs> gremlin chihuahua who hates men and children and was described as a vessel for a traumatized victorian child has been adopted by a 36 year old single lesbian in connecticut that i think says it all
2: that's a That's an uplifting story. All right. So that was the four food groups this week. Good stuff.
0: Yeah, great stuff.
2: Should we talk about the Oscars?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: I didn't watch it. Did you? No. Apparently nobody else did either. Just over 8 million viewers. And it was 18 million last year. And it's been kind of steadily declining. So it's not just a pandemic thing.
0: This is Matt Matt and I are are doing one of those things where we feel like we're more qualified to talk about it than people who actually watched it because we're not biased. We can be objective.
2: Right. We're being objective about what we didn't watch. Yeah. So, okay. So nobody watched the Oscars or or few people watched the Oscars. And then one of the suggestions that people had about why the audience went down is because nobody's seen the movies that were up for consideration. So I don't think I saw any of the movies that were up for consideration this year. Did you?
0: Well, did I? Let's see. Did I? Should we just do capsule
2: reviews of the movies that we didn't see really quick? Sure. Yeah. What's Minari about? Okay. Let's guess. It's either... You can guess that no, one. Yeah, and then I'll
0: guess the next one, yeah.
2: It's not an illustrated... It's not a, pic, a Pixar movie about a delightful creature from another world, because that, that would be happy. Oh, right. It's depressing somehow.
0: Actually, not so much. Uh, you know what Minari means? No. Korean. Uh, water celery.
2: It's a Korean word? Yes. So it's about a... It's a sad immigrant movie? A friend of mine and I, we, we once theorized that there were only only like five movies. It's like good-looking vampires, dragons and shit, weightlifters and underpants, sad immigrants. Uh, I can't remember what the fifth one is, but this is a sad immigrant movie, right? But somehow through the through the, the, the mutual support and loving uh, kinship of their difficult, but uh, at times, but ultimately rewarding family relationships, they managed to get through and, and gain an appreciation of American
0: culture. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but also, you know, the the mom worries about their son David's heart condition who hmm. you know he's frequently told not to run due to that
2: right okay I think that the fifth the fifth thing did have something to do with devastating medical conditions wait I'm trying to remember so there's a devastating medical condition
0: in this maybe devastating yeah
2: all right what's mank
0: okay mank is here's the thing to me here's what's interesting about mank to me mm-hmm. um it's a Netflix movie that much I know Mm-hmm. and i do know it's also with gary oldman it is citizen kane related
2: oh so it's 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 a it's a menkowitz thing
0: exactly Which, now
2: but the old menkowitz not 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 the not the middle menkowitz or the young menkowitz so josh menkowitz is the is the news reporter uh, frank menkowitz is his dad who was george mcgovern's campaign manager and then this is the uh, the third menkowitz who wrote citizen kane
0: oh if, so all those Mankowitzes are real and related yeah. are they related
2: so frank mankowitz's dad i forget what his name was he's the guy who wrote citizen Kane.
1: herman j mankowitz
0: that's a real name yeah herman j isn't that some kind of monster
2: that's or the monster monster or the is monster. that
0: okay but there's no j okay
2: i don't think so herman so
0: is, j mankowitz okay so it's
2: about herman mankowitz
0: exactly yeah
2: did he have? Does he have personal problems is that what this is yeah i mean o- overcomes
1: personal problems to write yeah. devastating
2: script so it's like it's like uh it's 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 like the james whale movie a little bit but like not as not as trippy
1: the fifth type of movie is alcoholic writer yes yeah. right Martin i Fink, was gonna writer.
0: say yeah i mean he's an alcoholic he also has um gout that was the best part about it that mm-hmm. it tackled gout
2: a writer overcomes drinking problem and gout to pen Citizen Kane.
0: Yeah, after which he sadly jumps out of a window and kills people. Could make it interesting. I'm gonna. That's actually. This is what we should do. You're not gonna. You have to guess whether I'm telling the truth or not. Okay, let's Uh, move on to Judas and the
2: Black Messiah, which I have not seen.
0: Me neither, but I really want to see it. I've heard it's really good, and it's about Uh Judas, who, as we all know, killed. Indirectly killed Christ.
2: Okay, I'm guessing and it's, a it's a not look, about the actual it's
0: a look into Judas's life. It's the last hours of Christ's life.
2: I'm gonna guess you're lying about this. I don't. Okay. I don't think it's set in the time of Christ. I'm gonna guess. Okay, not, not
0: set in the, Christ, in the time of Christ. Okay, is it yeah. about? I'll give you this much. Is it about Fred Hampton? Oh, or... it's the,
2: it's a Fred Hampton movie. Oh, yeah. I heard about this. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I cheated. That's okay. Okay, so Sound of Metal. I've, I have to admit, I've seen. That's a debilitating medical condition movie, right?
0: Yeah, it's when you hear. Is it tonight? It's about tinnitus, right?
2: I think it's it's a it's about a guy who plays the drums too loud and he doesn't have insurance to pay for. Oh, OK. It is uh, kind of that. Yeah. Fixing his ears or getting cochlear implants or something like that. So it's it's like sa- it's sad, sad medical condition. Movie.
0: movie. Yeah. Even worse and than gout.
2: The father. What could that be about?
0: Mankowitz. It's
2: about mankowitz? A father. Yeah. I'm going to guess that's
1: not what it's about. Is it about an abusive dad?
0: Wilson, you want to give us some hints?
1: It used to be a play, and it's Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman basically just in a room.
0: Oh, it's one of those used to be a play.
1: Yeah, those can go those either suck. way. So, what do they do in that room?
0: Okay, good question. Play dominoes,
1: slowly go insane, die of a debilitating disease.
0: Who's closer? Matt's closer. What is it? What's the answer?
2: Father with
1: dementia. I
0: think. <laughs> yes. That was good. <laughs> Now, this, okay, we finally found a way to play this game, I think, yeah. I don't
2: so think I want to see, yeah. I don't think I enjoyed that movie.
0: I didn't enjoy it.
2: How many debilitating medical conditions do we have?
0: Oh, yeah, well, we don't really know. So, do we, well, do we count alcohol?
2: Three, <laughs> we're
0: counting. Okay, there's a heart condition in Minari.
2: Yeah, so that's four. I mean, okay. and these are
0: just the ones that we know of. From right. not having seen it, yeah.
2: Okay, What what's Nomadland about? Did we enjoy that?
0: Okay, so... All right, Matt, you, uh, Wilson, you have it. We're going to each put our theory out there, right? Then you tell all right, us who's. give
2: it
1: to me.
0: All right. Nomadland. It's basically the story of three generations of nomads.
2: Like in medieval times or, or like.
0: Well, it actually is time travel. So the first time generation travel nomads. is medieval. Then we move to the Renaissance and then all the way up to today.
2: So if this were the what 80s. Yeah. I would say Nomadland would be like a space movie or maybe like a medieval adventure, like swords and killing movie. Given this is 2021, I'm going to guess that Nomadland describes a depressing place that is common in modern life. So is it either like the dating scene or Idlib in Syria where it's like a, or, or like the, the, you know, sort of militarized. Uh, extra place where people are where immigrants are dying or not migra- migrants are dying or something like that?
1: Uh, neither. It's neither. I'll give you Shit, a hint. It's, okay. it's post it's Great Recession. Post Great Recession? Homelessness. Is it homelessness? Yeah.
0: I was gonna guess homelessness before. Ugh. I swear, I was. One Francis
1: day. McDormand loses everything and lives in a van yes. and travels around.
0: I swear, I was gonna guess uh, homelessness. I swear. That's
1: bad that I didn't get that. Okay. There's like no plot, but it was awesome.
0: Oh, you saw it? Yeah. Oh, wait, but you saw it. Saw it? or you useful idiot Saw it?
1: Uh, I saw oh, it. Saw okay. it. Is that allowed? Should I not have? Yeah,
0: you really are not qualified I'm, to, to talk
1: We're gonna have to cut, cut this out. This yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: and it's a so it, so. You're saying it's about it's about. People who lost everything after the crash and it just stuff just sucks after that
1: doesn't necessarily suck. Hmm. I kind of after watching it, I want to go live in a van and go to these cool communities. Oh, so you're
2: living in a van?
1: Yeah.
0: So, are you homeless if you're living in a van? I guess you're. So they say they're houseless. Houseless.
2: Houseless. But it's not depressing. Not really. Okay. Well, that's we loved it then.
0: (laughs) We we loved it. Yeah, it wasn't depressing. We thought it'd be depressing, but then actually wound up being really fun and funny.
2: That lineup of movies, though, I mean. Jesus, what do you think? Let's just publicly bet right now. How many debilitating diseases will be in next year's list? So we had four here, right? That we know of. Yeah, Even I think three. three.
0: I think it's going to go lower. Yeah.
2: I'll say it's a push. I'll say it's four. All right. Well, that was uh, a lot of stuff to so, get through. We have a great uh, discussion. We're going to, to talk to Dr. Cornell West.
0: Well, Dr. Cornell West is a professor, philosopher, author activist he is a prominent and provocative democratic intellectual he's written 20 books and has edited 13. he's best known for his classics race matters and democracy matters and for his memoir brother west living and loving out loud his most recent book a lack prophetic fire offers an unflinching look at 19th and 20th century african-american leaders and their visionary legacies
2: last time around when we interviewed him we guessed all the people who uh whose names he would mention during the interview so we're going to try try to do that again i think we got a couple last time
0: yeah we definitely did yeah all
2: right so we're each going to we're each going to name four sure Yeah. all right you want to go first
0: sure john coltrane
2: mm, i was going to do that okay go ahead
0: prince so
2: mm-hmm great one
0: but what if i cheat i'm like so tell us about prince Does Yeah. That no, no, count you can't do that okay. that doesn't count all right fine john coltrane prince bernie
2: you're going to ask him a Bernie question. You're, constantly, yeah, you're right. constitutionally incapable of not asking I know, a I know. Bernie question.
0: I'm going to say he'll mention Bernie before I mention him. And Biden.
2: But not that okay. exciting.
0: I mean, those were kind of basic ones, but it's been a while.
2: I'm going to go with Miles Davis, Frederick Douglass, uh, Cicero. Got to throw a German philosopher in there. That's good. Heidegger, Martin Heidegger.
0: Sure. I'm going to throw in Fannie Lou Hamer also.
2: Oh, right. There's always a Fannie Lou Hamer in there. And we, 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 we don't say this in a mean way. We, we say this in a fashion way. Yeah, All right, well, we're both going to guess Fanny Lou Hamer. Maybe not Heidegger.
0: Why well, about not Bertolt Brecht? Not a philosopher, but a good German. Brecht? Okay. This will be really cut to us being like, so of all the German playwrights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. For
2: Dr. Evil. Uh, well, this will be great. Uh, let's, let's talk to uh, Dr. Colonel West.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being the brave person, tireless person that you are. Um, I wanted Thank to start you. off by talking about what's happening in your life in terms of your uh, career and you are on the move. You have stepped away from Harvard, Mazel Tov, and you were going back to Union Theological Seminary. So can you tell people why that's happening?
3: Well, you know, I've been blessed to be at a number of different places. I would never say that uh, my situation, plight or predicament, is in any way equivalent to others. You got so many folk catching hell both within the academy as well as on the ground all around the world. But even as one who's been highly blessed, you can still be disrespected, still be devalued, still be dismissed. And uh, uh, once again, same thing 20 years ago, two decades later, uh, similar situation in some ways, headed back to New York City this time uh, uh, it's a ridiculous situation in terms of a committee recommending a, uh, a tenure process. And I was tenured at Yale 37 years ago, university professor at Harvard, which is only 21 out of 1,500. And then university professor at Princeton, 17 out of 1,300. And then the idea of just Wondering whether you're worthy of tenure is such a sick joke that is not even worth uh, talking about at a certain level, you know what I mean? But it reflects, you know, a lot of the spiritual and intellectual bankruptcy of, of the Harvards and other places that are so tied into now uh, big money, so tied into reputation, so tied into um, uh, the circulation of a certain sense of spectacle rather than serious substance and serious focus on teachers. And and teaching and focus especially on students. And so uh, it is what it is. You know, you just got to keep moving. Yeah.
0: Much better city. You're going to be in a much better city. Well,
3: that's true, too. Uh, Well, (laughs) New York City, yeah, you got jazz clubs and uh, a lot of other places. And Union Seminary has always been my institutional home. There's no doubt about it.
2: You had some, some, um, some tough words for them. You there, I saw uh, an interview where you said, you know, Harvard has done, actually done very well in terms of bringing in people, different peoples of different colors and gender at a high level into the administration, but it does not yet translate on the ground in terms of faculty. I, I get the, was it a, a, a dispute about something that you, uh, you had said politically? I mean, what, what, what's the nature of what was going on there?
3: That's a good question, because I I never received an answer. You know, I had asked the Harvard administration, why would you say that my tenure process would be so fraught and would be so controversial? I just want to know, is it they think I'm, if I'm too old, then, you know, that's plausible. But then I'm given a Gifford lecture, which is a. Uh, you all know, it's almost like a Nobel Prize e- equivalent in philosophy. With John Dewey, William James, Alfred North Whitehead, Ryan Niebuhr, Martha Nussbaum. These are towering philosophical figures. I'll be delivering that you know, those lectures in Scotland. So they still think I have something to say as an older brother. You know what I mean? You <laughs> yeah. all still think I got Here's something spring chicken. to say. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I figured it could be ages. It could be age at all. Uh, uh, it couldn't be academics because of, you know, if I got tenure with two books at Yale in 1984, you would think with 22 books later on, that wouldn't be controversial. Uh, so it had to be politics. I don't think it was my love and support of Brother Bernie either, though. The only issue that would make any sense to me is the issue that has been at the center of earlier professors who were denied promotion, which is a Palestinian cause. We've had three professors who've been denied uh, uh, tenure positions based on uh, that particular issue. And my hunch is as faculty advisor to the Palestinian students, and as um, you know, associated with the Jewish current, which is of course, uh, one of the grand progressive uh, uh, institutions within the Jewish community that's highly critical of the Israeli occupation and so forth. But that's, that's the hypothesis that makes the most sense to me. And I was viciously attacked by my dear brother Jonah Steinberg, you know the the rabbi there at at Hillel and so forth, and so I got a chance to steal away with him, and uh, we had a wonderful dinner, two hour dinner, uh, when he was saying I'm scared to talk, because he sent me an email that I'd never received, and so when I read it in the Crimson, I just called him up right away. We had a wonderful dinner. And we agreed to disagree uh, in this in this regard, but uh, I do think that it's an issue that we have to hit head on. And I'm convinced that uh, 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 there's people in high places at Harvard and other uh, establishmentarian sites that don't want to have a robust, uninhibited, honest, candid conversation about the suffering of Palestinians under occupation and the history of the very state of Israel itself in terms of ways in which not just is great democratic elements, and it does have democratic elements, I'd be the first to note, just like the United States has some, but there's also some, some, some barbaric elements in terms of uh, uh, ethnic cleansing and in terms of uh, 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 apartheid-like conditions at the present yeah, and on the West Bank. And you have to be honest about that. And it seems to me, it's going. we've got a long way to go to have a serious conversation about that issue. And of course, wherever I go, I'm not going to uh, stop talking about any form of oppression or domination. It could be Tibet, it could be uh, uh, Sub-Sahara. It could be Morocco's occupation. It could be India's occupation. It could be a whole host of other occupations. All of them are wrong, all of them are evil, all of them. I consider crimes against humanity.
0: Yeah, and you you had a very strong, not surprisingly, letter of support from graduate students, a hundred signed on the letter uh, condemning Harvard for not enthusiastically extending your tenure, yeah.
3: No, that's true, I, the support has been magnificent and it's been across the board. It's black, white, Arab, Jewish, Catholic, Protestant, agnostics, Marxist, non marxists you know uh, latitudinarians, I mean, across the board, it's been a beautiful thing to witness. Uh, but the crucial thing is to view my particular case as, as as a case on a continuum with other forms of not just degradation, not just uh, devaluation, but of domination in much thicker forms than myself.
2: Have you heard from other professors who've who've, um, who've had difficulties? over that issue? I mean, obviously it's certainly not, uh, there've been other professors just at Harvard as you oh, mentioned, but... Mm.
3: Yeah, no, indeed. no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I in the past have, have supported a number of uh, brothers and sisters who not only uh, were in my situation, but in much worse situations, they were actually fired. They were actually pushed out. Uh, their reputations were were, were smeared Uh, by uh, uh, a number of of people in a very wrong and and ugly manner. Uh, So that it's a tough one. I mean, the sad thing is there's a lot of professors at Harvard and other places who agree with me privately but won't say a mumbling word publicly. Mm, Their silence itself becomes a form of complicity. And And this includes, you know, friends and folk who don't know me that well. But it is what it is. You know, I mean, we human beings, most of us are not known for our courage. It's just not in high supply. That's true in the academy. I'm sure you all see it in journalism. We know it's true in in, in churches and mosques and synagogues and temples and and so forth. And so if you really try to be forthright, you're not going to have a lot of people standing there with you. That's just, you know, that's just par for the course. You just keep moving.
2: Well, certainly, outspokenness is something you've never had a problem with, with, uh, (laughs) which is one of your most admirable qualities, for sure.
3: That's what's so wonderful about both of you all. You all, (laughs) the truth tellers. I'm telling you.
0: (laughs) And does it make you sad? I know that you politically, like you have a sense of what happened, right? And and you are placing it potentially in this context of Israel criticism, which really, unfortunately, gets um dismiss as anti-semitism which is totally unfair and totally especially during this time of all times always unfair but now when really it is rearing its head again you have actual anti-semitism actual you know neo-fascism to throw these accusations around lightly is just like an incredibly dangerous thing to do um but do, do you also take it personally how how do you manage that uh the kind of the broader political view and also just oh i've been not granted tenure by an institution
3: Okay. i mean one is that i'll never allow anything to get in the way of my speaking and bearing witness uh, for any peoples who are victimized so for example when you actually do have these ugly anti-jewish forms of hatred and prejudice and attack and even murder then you have to be right there on the front line got to be right there in the vanguard and it has nothing to do with what other people think but that's what's right that's what's moral you see, so they're messing with the brothers and sisters in Pittsburgh. You've got to hit it head on. Messing with other, you got to hit it in France. You got to get it head on and so forth. But when at the same time, you know, they put the charges against you because you are promoting the same principles as it relates to Palestinians. You say, wait a minute, you all. I'm just trying to be consistent. How come you are not as consistent as you ought to be? And that's where the challenge is made. And it's a, uh, um, it, it, it's one that anybody I mean, you got, you know, towering figures like Chomsky, Stanley, Arano, which we can go on and on and on who's been wrestling with this for a long time within the Jewish community. Yeah. Even Brother Bernie w- was, w- was viciously attacked for that, you know, and I put pressure on Bernie because I thought he should have been even stronger in his critique of Israeli occupation and so forth. But but he certainly has been a very important progressive voice in trying to make Israel more uh, uh, fair and just as it relates to Palestinian brothers and sisters.
2: You were obviously very close to, to Bernie Sanders, uh, and he modeled a lot of his policies after FDR. He openly did so. Uh, and now, obviously, he's he lost the primary. Biden wins, and all we see in the news are these stories about how Biden is now the the incarnation of, of FDR. As, as someone who was so close to Bernie, what, what's what been your reaction to that?
3: Well, you know, in 2016, it was clear that uh, the movement around our dear brother Bernie won the ideological war because everybody had to talk about what the young brothers and sisters were talking about in Occupy. They had to talk about wealth inequality, kind of things you all have talked about all of these years, you see. They had to talk about healthcare for all and so forth. Jump to 2020, similarly so, similarly so. See, I'd always viewed Biden as a milquetoast neoliberal centrist who always checked to see what, which way the wind was blowing. Uh, he still got blood on his hands in terms of the four crimes against humanity, mass incarceration, invasion, and occupation of Iraq, the unleashing of Wall Street greed with the repeal of, of Glass-Steagall, and then the Israeli occupation that he's always been complicitous with. I consider those four crimes against humanity. Biden is associated with each one of them, and for the most part, has never apologized. So now, all of a sudden, like LBJ, you say, ooh, Biden, relief bill, Biden, infrastructure bill, Biden talking about white supremacy, terrorism, Biden talking about Jim Crow, Biden interesting is it just his speech writers or is he actually undergoing an lbj like change and transformation and i hope that it's the latter i think that there's a good chance that it's the latter i still remind him of how he used to be because people can change you know people do change uh like lbj himself but uh, uh but still when it comes to haiti he still you know, he gets a d d minus if not an f you know when it comes to uh, 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 Latin America as a whole, when it comes to, you know, reigniting a Cold War with China and the Russians. Oh
0: my gosh, that was... It's
3: a D, it's a D. F.
0: F with China. Oh, you get my,
3: oh yeah, China, D yeah. minus F. I I try to be a slightly uh, more charitable grader, but I understand. <laughs> I no understand curve. this. So he's falling on his face so that he's still very much, you know, ahead of an empire that's trying to uh, deal with its own deep. Decay and decline, very much so. But domestically, what well, LBJ was a, a D minus, a F on Vietnam. There's no doubt about that. Same, similarly so in in in, in Dominican Republic in '65, and so many other instances when it came to U.S. foreign policy. So when you're looking at an empire, you know you've got both the imperial, the the imperialism outside of its borders, and then you've got domestic issues inside. And it's a domestic issues, I think that Biden is uh moving in a uh, a decent direction. We'll see how far he really goes.
0: Last question. You mentioned your mother and so wanted to offer my condolences, but I uh, oh, also yeah. ask you to to if you could share the um share some of her lessons and legacy and, and anything you want to make sure that people know about her. Yeah, well, I appreciate
3: appreciate that though. Yeah, she's really a mom but see I'm just a little small footnote to mom though, because she was a uh, a walking uh, exemplar of courage, of grace, of dignity, and most importantly, of of love, that she believed fundamentally as a Christian woman, as a Black woman coming out of Jim Crow, Louisiana, and ended up in Sacramento, that uh, to be human at its deepest level, was to empty oneself and to use whatever gifts one had to try to empower, enable, and allow others to be the best that they could be. And that's a very, very beautiful way of being in the world. It really is. It's, uh, it's what you know, music at its deepest level is all about. You know, Beethoven is kenosis in the notes. James Brown is kenosis on the stage, he gives everything. Rembrandt is kenosis on the canvas. He's giving everything inside of him, you know? Uh, Bruce Springsteen, the blues man on the white side of town. He gives everything with East Street Band, you know? Janis Joplin just gives everything. We can go through Al Green and the dramatics and the temptations and Michael Jackson and Prince himself, who I knew so well. He could hardly walk. After these performance, we carry him on my back. I say, Prince, you're pushing yourself. I said, but uh, Coltrane about to break vessels in his neck, drops his horn and pounds on his chest. That's Irene B. West. She gave everything, starting with Clifton, Cornell, Cynthia, Cheryl, Dad, and then her church, Shiloh Baptist Church, then her community. You know, there's an elementary school named after her now, Irene B. West Elementary School beautiful picture, be strong and courageous, give everything. That kenosis cuts all the way down. And for her, it comes right out of Hebrew scripture and a Palestinian Jew named Jesus who ran the money changers out of the temple and ended up on a cross. And that Roman empire thought that they had silenced that kind of love, but it just kept coming, oozing out anyway. And it oozed out so thickly that the Roman Empire had to try to incorporate that religion as its own religion, which it did. So most institutional Christianity has very little to do with that Jesus of Nazareth because he's too real, too strong, too much love, too much critique, too much courage, you see. But that's Irene B. West. She's tied to that Jesus and... uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put it to rest in just a few days. Yeah. But thank you so much for no, giving me course. a chance to say something about Mom. though. nobody like.
0: Her. Did she teach you your politics, your ideas? Did you have a lot of political differences, similarities?
3: I think she she she's a Martin Luther King kind of sister, and she took us to see Mark when I was ten years old. So it was very formative in that way if she had a critique of me, which is really quite understandable because I had much more gangster in me than she did. See, I, I'm much more street and gangster than she ever was. But she would say, you know, honey, sometimes your tone can be so harsh. She says, I'm praying for you. I, I want you to say what you think the Lord wants you to say. So I don't want to shut you up. But I think sometimes your tone could be harsh. And I say, well, wow. Well, I said, I, I, I think my tone needs to be harsher sometimes. <laughs> I think I'm just too, too, too soft certain times in terms of uh, of, of, of saying fundamentally uh, what needs to be said in a critical way. So we had wonderful dialogues in that regard. But I'm just so much, uh, you know, I'm a mama's boy in that sense of uh, being shaped by her sense of kenosis, and sh- shaped by her sense of love and self-empty no doubt about it the night before she had this massive heart attack we had a wonderful wonderful talk and she would she would always say i don't want you to be talking about being successful i want you to be great in the eyes of our savior jesus christ and he would always say he or she is greatest among you will be the servant the love warrior the freedom fighter i said mama i'm trying i'm trying to be true now i'm trying to be true indeed indeed maybe not every day of the week but at least three four days of a week i'm being true i'm trying to hold off with my gangster proclivity but i know you're praying for me anyway she said yes honey that's exactly right i love you no matter what so in that sense she definitely was proud definitely but but her afterlife will go on uh, in, in 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 various ways including it being at work in my own life even as i continue to fall short
2: Thank you so much. Well, uh, Dr. West, thank you so much um, for, for taking the time. You're, you're an inspiration to, uh, to to both of us. And uh, I know it's a difficult time for you. And I really appreciate your taking a, a few minutes to talk to us. I salute yeah. both
3: of you because you all got that light inside of you that shines. It's a beautiful thing. Thanks. Excellent.
2: Wow. <laughs> well, thank you.
0: Look at you. All you right. look lit up right now. So <laughs> let's be contagious. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: that's beautiful all right well thanks doctor I appreciate thank it thank you so much yeah thank you so much indeed indeed
2: that happened and um and we interviewed Cornel West, who was great
0: great amazing yeah and it's actually really
2: nice of him to to take time i mean yeah I, I, he's always very generous with us and yeah incredibly uh so uh and he's fascinating so
0: yeah really fascinating uh, yeah
2: all right, so uh, thanks for for checking in, and um, don't yeah. do any of the bad things that we always tell you not to do. Yeah. Uh, none of those, none of those reading, watching, listening habits that yeah. we always try to tell you to, to avoid. Yeah. And then, and then check in with us again next week. Check in with us,
0: and you got we got some great um, Substack only content that you're gonna get from this episode. To see the rest of the interview, make sure you go to usefulidiots.substack.com. We'll also be dropping a bonus interview we did with someone else.